Well, hi, everybody. It's Mark Boyle. I am back at you again. And uh, I feel much better. I still have a little bit of a sore throat, but uh, I guess I didn't die of coronavirus, which probably would have been a blessing to get the fuck out of this place. So it's been a while, and mainly because I, I've been sick and felt like shit. And not that I couldn't talk, you know, because I could. I just uh, was in such a bad mood feeling like crap and, and still working on our house and trying to get the roof on and everything that uh, I just really didn't have anything fucking to talk about. So uh, last night I was uh, watching one of my favorite um, movies, um, The Punisher, number one. I seem to like that one a little better. I don't know why. I just probably because it was the first. The first is always best. So um, in there, when he goes to war with uh, the family, um, with uh, John Travolta, is the bad guy. Um, he, he's writing down his declaration or something like that so people won't misunderstand his actions. And he, and he quotes the, uh, the old uh, slogan, if you want peace, prepare for war. And I thought, well, you know, that is not the problem we have in this country as America. Um, we have peace. I mean, kind of, sort of, we got peace. Um, what our problem is, is the, the usurpation of power by the tyrants we call our elected officials. And so I've uh, coined the new slogan, if you seek liberty, prepare to fight tyrants. Because that is what we need to do in America. It's, it's, it's that simple. I'm not talking about revolution and going to war and you know bloodshed or any of that bullshit. Because we don't really need to do that. What we need to do is start calling out our elected officials um, at town halls and stuff. And, and calling them what they are. You know, it's like, hey, um, what you're doing in the last session of Congress or whatever, um, these votes and these things you've been doing are tyrannical. Um, what's your thinking on that? What, what's your what's your plan with, you know, fucking over your constituent base? Because really, that's what we are. You know, it depends on who your congressman or woman is. You know, you, you live in a district. And it might be, you know, 100,000 people or 200,000 people, depending on with gerrymandering and stuff these days. But um, they're elected to represent you. And then they go to Washington and do their thing. So they're really the person you hired to go out and represent your district. Now, if this was a business and I hired somebody and, uh, they were representing my company in a way that was just diametrically opposed to how we do business, that fire them. So why do we allow this in Congress? You know, if you look at this last impeachment go around, whether you're for it or not is irrelevant. Um, in many of the districts that have elected these Congress people that were writing up the letters of impeachment were from states and counties that had, had voted for Trump. So the majority of the people in that district agree with Trump. And yet they have a representative out there that's just off the map. 
you know, and, and, and we're not a democracy. See, in a democracy, I elect you and you do what you think is best for me, the plebe. But in a republic, I elect you and you do what I tell you to do. You represent the underlying pulse and beliefs and values of that district. So we're allowing them to become tyrants, many tyrants. And, and we need to fight that. And if you want liberty, then you need to prepare to fight tyrants. So go to a town hall meeting or wherever you can get a hold of these yahoos now. Most of the time they're in Washington, which is bullshit. So when you do get a chance to, to speak with them at a forum or a town hall meeting or a news conference or wherever you might be lucky enough to have them bless you with their presence, you know, bring up some of their voting record and go, hey, you voted for this. And statistics show in our district that the majority of people do not agree with that at all. Take Virginia, for an example. Um, the governor, you know, can kind of do whatever the governor does, but if the if the representatives in that state shoot it down, then it's not going to go anywhere, as we saw with the, the gun ban that they were trying to pass. So you need to be able to, you know, go to them and go, look, here's what people wanted you to do, and you didn't. You are a tyrant because you're usurping the rights of your constituents. You have no right to do that. Explain yourself and then stop and let them talk. And then when they give you their bullshit answer, you go, well, that's, that's not what you said when you were there in Washington talking behind our back. You know, you said this, read them a quote that they said. Go explain that. Explain that right here to your constituents why you did that, why you stabbed us in the back. Are you a tyrant or are you a representative of this district? And then stop and let them, let them talk. Put them in a corner. And, and don't be you know harsh. Don't ask these long, drawn-out leading questions that you know, Hannity and so many people do on the news where the, the question is, you know, like fucking two minutes long. And then they will pick out one word or one thing you said that could be construed to be incorrect. And they will answer that because that's how you do it in debate. Like if you've ever studied debate, you don't answer the question. You answer the question you wanted them to ask. So you need to come right out and call them, you know, call them on it. You know, it works in marriage you know, all the time. You know, your wife or spouse finds out that you did something wrong and they're like, why did you do that? Well, I thought, blah, blah, blah. Um, we talked about it. You, you, you lied to me. They don't keep on talking. They don't ask these long, drawn-out questions. Like, you know, uh, two weeks ago we talked about this. And, and then you said that you wouldn't do anything to hurt the families. Uh, you know, or the kids college fund and we agreed and you did this and you did that and you said this and you said that. So why did you do it? And now, now you can sit there and go, well, I feel this is, it was a, a good decision for the kids college fund. See, you know, these questions are designed in the media to basically just give them a softball way to answer. You're, you're giving them a backdoor to, to walk out of. And the media does that all the time. They want to play that they're hardcore conservative, you know, uh, news commentators or whatever. 
But they, they literally design their questions to where the politician has a very easy exit to answer that question and, and walk away smelling like a rose. And then maybe they'll be on your show again next time you invite them on. We can't do that. This is a fight for liberty. So you have to ask them point blank questions. You, you need to do some research and go, okay, so-and-so voted this way and here's the things they said. The consensus in the, in our district is this. And, and here's the statistics and here's the facts and here's all the things that I've gathered through all the people and, and you know, Facebook will give you a good pulse on the people in that area. And there's ways to, you know, look up the just the feelings of everyone in your district because it's only a couple hundred thousand people. It should be just your local area, but it's it's not anymore. But you you kind of know what everybody's thinking. You know, Trump was very good at that during the election. He knew what people wanted him to do and say. He worded it in a way to where the media had to just attack it like red meat and give him free publicity. But no matter how bad they tried to make him look, everyone in the country felt the same way and believed the same things he was saying. So they couldn't paint him into a corner. And he got free publicity. You need to do that. <clears throat> you need to look at these politicians dead in the eye and go, you said this and you did that. And that is not why we elected you. Explain your actions. And then when he goes, well, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Go, no, that's not how it works in America. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. You don't know that. Why? Why did we elect you when you don't even understand constitutional principles 101? You're giving me an answer about democracy, and we are a republic. Explain your actions. You told us two months ago that you would never do that, and then you went to Washington and you did it anyway. Explain that. Explain that right now. Make me understand. Explain it to me like I'm five-year-old. Make me understand why you stabbed us in the back. And then when you call them these names, like a tyrant, and usurpation of authority. It's almost as bad as calling somebody a racist. And, and that's what Solodensky does. He picks labels for people that will do the, the most damage. And they ask their questions in a way to where it's very hard to, to defend a negative. Now that's kind of manipulative, but there are ways you can you know think your way out of a, a fucking paper bag, I would hope. So come up with good questions. Talk to some of your local friends in the community and go, this is what, what I want to ask them. Get some, you know, talk to some people and they go, well, don't ask it that way because you're giving them a back door. Ask it this way. Put it all together and then ask them a good hard question and then stop and wait for him to answer that and make him with the words coming out of his mouth explain why he or she lied to you and violated their oath of office because their job is to to, to do what you, what you ask them to do so how do we how do we fight tyrants besides name calling i guess would be um which i think is a good way to do it and sololinsky was right on how to how to marginalize the enemy but then there's other ways you know we do have the ballot um 
And your representative is elected every two years. So we don't really need term limits. I mean, I guess it would be nice to limit terms because we tend to forget um, what the fuck we're doing and keep reelecting these yahoos. But I mean, if your representative is a douche, then in two years, get rid of them. I mean, two years is plenty of probationary time to see if the guy's doing a good job. Now, if you have a representative that really is representing your district and keeping with the the constituents of, of the district, then I don't see why it would be a bad thing to uh, reelect him five terms, you know, for 10, 15 years. But the minute he steps out of that box and starts being a, a paid off bureaucrat, basically, then just elect somebody new. That's pretty easy, you know. So we, we can vote these yahoos out, um, I, I think, because they're elected. They can be impeached, as we've seen in the media for the last three years, that, you know, I guess you could impeach a ham sandwich nowadays. So um, get rid of them that way, you know. Um, but you, you're not going to get any of this accomplished through the ballot box if you can't get a cohesive group of voters and like-minded voters on the same page, which is very hard to do. And if you're thinking you're going to use Facebook, forget it. Because that's more of a bathroom wall kind of approach where, you know, for a good time, call this number and, oh, by the way, don't vote for this guy. Nobody cares about that shit. you, You might be able to post a lot of things and basically gather a coalition of like-minded people and start a private group, you know, in your area to where you can, you know, get them all on the same page to where when they show up at the town hall meeting also ask good questions. You know, I would say get together a spokesperson, you know, to go to some of these meetings where your representative is there and have one person asking the questions and doing the, the front front man work, you know, or front person's work. Because if you, if you get a lot of yelling and screaming people, then it devolves to a point to where they can go, I can't talk to you guys. You're all you're all crazy. Just I'm leaving. You know, so you want to keep it professional because that's the world in which they think they should live. It's just bullshit. So Facebook works to, to gather people together and, and maybe get a coalition working in that direction. But I, I would say your best bet is, is going to be to just do your homework and educate people on why they shouldn't vote for these these yahoos. And, and senators are a whole different thing. They used to be nominated by the representatives. So the senators were picked by the people you had voted for all across the state. And then if they stepped out of line when they were in Washington, then you just recalled them. Boom, done. Get a new one in there that can actually speak the will of the people instead of just getting all the way in Washington and, you know, being bought and sold by steak dinners and cheap drinks at the open bar, you know, in Washington or wherever the fuck these people hang out. You know, so then you just called them up and said, hey, you've been recalled. Uh, your replacement will be there tomorrow for the meeting, so don't show up in the story. So senators have become ingrained and become basically, you know, a cancer in in your state. And once you get one in there, it's really hard to get them out of there because 
you know, they talk out of both sides of their mouth so fucking much that um, no matter who they're talking to in the state, when they're running for re-election, they can soothe you over with happy, soft, warm, fuzzy, conservative words. And then when they're talking to some other group, they can, you know, soothe them over with, you know, rainbows and unicorns to the liberals or whatever. And so you don't want them getting in there if they're pieces of shit. So you, you need to do your due diligence because, see, when Benjamin Franklin said, we gave you a republic, if you can keep it, ma'am, what he meant was you have a perfect form of government written based on seven, 800 years of constitutional laws throughout England and France and everywhere. And we've taken the things that worked and used them and the things that didn't work and, and threw them out. And in a way, we've created a perfect constitution you know, for the time, and we put in enough checks and balances and ways to change it to where it should function properly if it's maintained properly. So they basically hand-built a car, a Mercedes, you know, or whatever is a car that runs forever with just, you know, proper maintenance. We just haven't been doing our proper maintenance. We, you know, and, and now politicians and the media, you know, judge the Constitution based on its lack of maintenance we go well that doesn't work anyway because see over here well over there it was fucked up too for lack of maintenance so you need to be able to get a bigger picture in your head and go and read the constitution it's 35 3800 words whatever it's not even as long as a one of the books in the bible which everybody seems to quote at me at random so read it and then go okay the big picture is this you know the all the the case law and the tort law and everything that's been added on since then is irrelevant. What were they saying back then? What did it mean when they when they put in the Bill of Rights? And, and why did they debate so vehemently about not adding the Bill of Rights? Because many of the, the writers were afraid that it would be assumed, which it has been now, that these were the only rights you had. And, and I think it was Jefferson that said, no, you have all the rights. The people have all the rights. We just feel that these are so important that we need to enumerate them to tell the federal government of all the things you can't do, these you can't do. They've been codified into writing and law, and you can't do that. But you can't do all this other shit either. So it's just a, an abbreviated list of the 10, 15, whatever there were, most important rights that we had. But they weren't granted to us because of the Constitution. The Constitution acknowledged that we had all the rights and that these were the most important ones that could not be infringed or trampled on or used as toilet paper. But through wordsmithing and 200 plus years of just lack of maintenance, we now think that, you know, when we're arguing with somebody, we have a right. I have the right to do this. I have the right to do that. No, you have all the rights. Your rights can't trample on my rights, but you have all the rights. So they have corrupted it. Well, I'll take that back. They haven't corrupted the Constitution because it's still a functioning covenant or contract with America. And and it hasn't changed all that much. But it's been portrayed as flawed. 
And this is done through the media and politicians and stupid unelected bureaucrats and an uninformed electorate that has allowed this to be sold to us now, 240 years later, as a flawed document. No, it's, it's, it's a contract. And if you follow the contract, it works. The amendments that have been added, some of them I would argue need to be repealed or done away with. But for the most part, we haven't fucked it all up. It still functions. It's just they've put so much garbage on top of it that you can't see what it actually says anymore. So with all the layers of transparency, we'll call it, um, you still can't see through it because every layer has more words on top of it. And so stare decisis and all these case laws and the Supreme Court, you know, drinking the progressive Kool-Aid and, and just people in general not doing their due diligence and fighting tyrants have allowed it to be used improperly. It's a good car. It'll run forever if you maintain it. Or you can drive it off a cliff or run it into a, a building and hurt people. So the Constitution itself is a, a very functioning document. It just needs to be followed. And so that's why I, I say that if you seek liberty, you must prepare to fight tyrants because the more you look, the more you will see that it's it's messed up. There, there's a lot of tyrants out there. These little, you know, what do they call them? Tin pot dictators or whatever. Can't remember the exact term. You know, in our own government telling us what our rights are. Look at Virginia. You know, well, you know, if a state wants to violate the Second Amendment, you have to remember that the Second Amendment is federal law. It's, it's the Constitution of the United States. States can step out of those boxes if they choose to. But the Supremacy Clause says that they still must follow certain things. And federal laws maybe are a gray area. But the Constitution itself is not a gray area. If a state chooses to violate your Second Amendment right, then your state has a severe problem. And it's the problem is with your representatives. You've allowed them to, to get elected and then just move out of the, the district and go to Washington and hang out and have a house there and party with all the other corrupt representatives and senators. And, and we've allowed that to happen. So states, it's, it's, it's a tough one. See, that's what the federal courts were for. The Supreme Court, when a state does something, like in the case of Roe versus Wade, that was a state lawsuit. And the Supreme Court said, in our opinion, this is how it should be interpreted. Now, states can sit there and go, well, we'll take your opinion under advisement. It's not the law of the land. It's, it's an opinion. And so they can be fought all up and down the legal system if you choose to. Or you could just get good representatives and say, we don't really care what Roe v. Wade says. We believe in the original opinion of the court that viability of life starts at this time. And if science can prove to us that viability starts at an earlier 
age or time, then we will allow that. So they were saying that you have, you know, so many weeks that you're allowed to have an abortion because we feel that viability starts at this point in time. But if you can show that it starts earlier, then we will change it to where you can only have an abortion for this term. So the time frame was supposed to get smaller, not bigger. So they've already overturned Roe v. Wade by their actions. So the Supreme Court was just supposed to look at issues regarding federal law, not state law. And, and then when, you, when your state isn't protecting your rights, then you go to the federal courts and the Supreme Court and they would say, no, your state is, is fucking up. You are right. They are wrong. And now you can take the fight back to the state and go, well, now I have a Supreme Court opinion that says you're wrong also. And maybe the state courts might step up and do their fucking job, but I doubt it. So the more you look at how bastardized the legal system and the justice system has become in America, we have no other choice but to start fighting tyrants. And like I said, not calling for revolution, I'm just saying the fight has to start. Or, you know, you don't have to you don't have to be good to start, but you have to start to be great. And and we can't be great at fighting tyrants if we don't even start. And there's a lot of smart people out there in podcast land and YouTube land and Facebook land that can take an idea like this and run with it. Or there's a lot of people that will just run. But Politicians are bound by a certain creed of corruption that they want to get reelected. So if you can start calling them out on it and, and start showing them through these meetings to where they see the entire audience turning against their actions and their votes, they're going to probably backpedal pretty quick because they won't get reelected. And everyone wants to keep their job, no matter what job it is. So... It has to be done that way. And, and, and if we don't start trying something, then then it's going to be lost, everything. So that's that's my thoughts on it. Um, and, and you, know, I, you know, I've had people tell me with my fight with City Hall on my building permit that and, and they don't they don't say this in a, in a bad way, but they're just people that are used to following the rules. I say, go, Mark, why don't you just get a building permit? I mean, it doesn't cost that much. and You know, just do it. Everyone else does. So it's almost like they resent the fact that I have found a way to not kiss the ring of the city government and spend five, $6,000 on a permit. And I, I don't know if they, they mean it to sound or to be, you know, like Mark quit rocking the boat and being a douche, you know. I think they're honestly just saying, Mark, why don't you just, get a permit as a question why don't you so I, I i explained to him i'm not going to i'm going to fight it and if i can fight and win then it's not the matter that i save money it's that maybe the next person maybe the next grandma that wants to get a new water heater put in her house because she can't afford to pay a you know permit and a contractor 
will be able to let her grandson do it. I do it, you know, and I fight for other people, my neighbors. Uh, you know, I don't enjoy the fight because it causes a lot of stress every time I see the city guy drive by and take pictures of my house. As I know, somewhere, they're trying to build a case against me. Unless they're just adding pictures of my house to their scrapbook. You know, the one that got away. But uh, it's it's a fight. And I feel that maybe not the city council or the mayor are trying to become tyrants. But I think the bureaucrats in planning and zoning are these little fiefdoms that want to, you know, exert power and an authority that they don't have. And so they misinterpret the law as it was written. And if they can bully you to give you, you know, give them your lunch money, then they got lunch money. And, and, uh, you know, they might justify it by going, you know, well, my mom's poor and I don't have lunch money, so I have to take yours. And you can be a pacifist and go, oh, I'm really sorry, dude. Why don't you why don't you take half of it and I'll buy you a burger? And, you know, no, it's not going to fucking happen. You know, to me, they're tyrants. They're, they're tyrants, mini tyrants and bureaucrats trying to tell me what the fuck to do. And, and if you let them get away with it, they'll continue to do that. And so the way I look at it is, let's say that my building permit, because it's quite a large project, <clears throat> um, would cost five, $6,000 with architectural drawings and permits and inspections and all the happy shit. Then in a sense, the way I look at it is they're trying to steal $5,000 from me. That's $5,000 that I could put in my house. That would pay a drywaller to do my least favorite thing in the world to do, which is drywall. So they're stealing. It's stealing. It's theft. Someone comes to me or to you and says, hey, give me $5,000. First logical question is going to be like, why? Now, if they just say, because I said so, are you just going to write them a check for $5,000? And and I don't think most people would do that. They'd go like, hey, um, go pound sand and get off my property. So by using force, you know, which my city hasn't done, <clears throat> but in many townships and cities across America, they use force. So by using their police powers and force, they're stealing from you. No different than if somebody walks up to me in a dark alley, sticks a gun in my face and says, give me your money. It's like, okay, it's the same. And if I had a way to prevent that from happening in a dark alley, like I went all Jackie Chan on the guy and shit, I would. I'm not being a dick. I'm not trying to not give this guy money. I'm just trying to keep my money. So that's how I look at it. And, you know, God knows I could be wrong, but I, I'm not. So you need to fight the little fights you know, on a local level. Find something that you can fight. Maybe it doesn't have to be earth-shattering into the world if you lose the fight. You don't want to bet the farm on something that's an experiment. But, you know, talk to your city. Go, hey, why can't I catch rainwater? Well, the state has deemed that that's uh, their water. 
It's like, oh, really? You know, what makes them think that the, the rain falling out of the sky belongs to them? Because if, you, if you're going to tax that, then you're going to start taxing me for fucking breathing. You know, talk to some of the sane people in your city government and go, well, this is ridiculous. You know, how can we fight it? And they're going to go, well, you don't want to fight it because why rock the boat? But you get some good people and then you start going to state and going, hey, this is this is an overreach. You have no constitutional authority to do that. You might you might change it. There's a lot of little laws passed every day that steal your money. Licenses to to, to do your job. You know, it's, it's tickets for things you didn't do. So. If you don't care about your money, then by all means, send it to me. Um, because what the fuck? If you're going to give it to somebody, give it to me. I'm a nice guy. But we have to, we have to learn to fight. And, and nobody can teach you political kung fu. You have to learn how to do it yourself. <clears throat> you know, I got a ticket one time. And so I looked up the revised statute that was written on the ticket. And I'm reading the thing. And I'm like, well, that doesn't apply to a fucking thing I was doing then. So I went to court and I explained to them, I go, Your Honor, I don't understand the charges because he's charging me for this. But that's not what I was doing. In fact, I wasn't doing that at all. And the, the cop's like, oh, yeah, I wrote down the wrong statute. And the judge is like, well, too bad. Next time, write down the right one, case dismissed. You know, you, you look shit up. It's, take it one step at a time. And then, then research it. How do I do this? How do I do a ballot initiative? How do I run for mayor? How do I go to this town hall and get put on the agenda to where I can ask a question? How do I do that? You know, read some stuff on this and that and parliamentary procedures. It takes about five fucking minutes. You write down a really good question and you go and you do it. Are you going to make a mistake? Sure. You might be told by the city council you're over time. This meeting isn't for that. You need to come to next week's meeting. Yeah, sure, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to be nervous, have dry mouth, and screw up. Sure, you will. So what? Get involved. It's your fucking liberty we're talking about. You know, building a house is simple. If the whole fucking thing falls down, no loss other than a lot of money on my end. But it only affects me. But I've done enough research, and it's solid enough that I think it'll stand for the next 20, 30 years while I'm alive. Fuck it when I'm dead. That's my grandkids and my kids' problem. This is freedom and liberty we're talking about. And if you can't fight tyrants, then you might as well just become a serf and quit bitching on Facebook about, I want my country back. When that day comes, will you stand? That's all fucking bullshit. I don't care if when that day comes, you plan on standing. I care that are you standing right now? Are you taking a stand for your values? Are you going to fight for your principles? Do you want your liberty or not? I think, well, the polls show that 30 to 40% of Americans don't want liberty. They're ready to vote for a socialist. Kind of scary. You know, our government runs roughshod on us. I think with this coronavirus, they're lying to us. It could, be, it could become a pandemic. Real quickly. Will it? I fucking don't know. But it could. You know, 
they're sitting there going, well, only, you know, 17,000 people have died or whatever the fuck it is in China. But their crematoriums are running 24-7. And they're hiring people. Uh, I, I think it breaks down to $200 a day to work a shift at the crematorium to burn bodies. Well, fuck. It's been since December. They, they don't need to run those, you know, crematoriums all across the, the country 24-7. You look at videos and there's people dead in the streets. So, you know, we're being lied to, just like everything. So how will that affect you? Well, you're going to be lied to if you continue to elect people that lie to you. And you won't have a fighting chance to win. If you continue to just elect liars and cheats and snakes and tyrants, petty little fucking tyrants, nothing more petty than a tyrant in City Hall. I mean, it's not even like you're trying to rule the world, <laughs> you know, like fucking Dr. Evil or whatever. It's a fucking city and they want to be a tyrant. And you know what? They'll become a city councilman and then they'll run for mayor. And then maybe they'll run for something cooler. And pretty soon, there's some douchebag like Joe fucking Biden that's been in politics for 40, 50 years, doesn't know jack shit, never had a real fucking job running for president. Bernie Sanders never owned a business. I mean, he's, he's a, a hypocrite because he he's actually a free market kind of guy, and he, and he makes a fortune off of his campaign. And his wife does the campaign ad buys which makes 10%. So if he buys a, a bunch of ads during his presidential run from, you know, ABC, and it costs $2 million, his wife's company just made $250,000, Boom. So, she, you know, she's the one saying, oh, buy ads on this station, buy ads on that. Let's do a Super Bowl ad. Let's do this. Let's do that. And she's making 10-15% off of, the campaign, which is probably totally fucking legal, but don't sit there and tell me you're a socialist when you're a hypocrite. So Americans want that, 30 40%. Most of the youth, at least the millennials, want that. If we don't fight, you will literally wake up one day in a re-education camp, just like the Jews did. They didn't fight. They could have fought. The, the German people who thought what was going on was atrocious and wrong could have stopped it. But no, they just kept electing Hitler and all of his stupid buddies and doing that stupid salute and throwing flowers at his parade and buying in and drinking the Kool-Aid. And then all of a sudden, everyone's fucked and they're like, wait a minute. I, I didn't think you were that big of a jackass. It's like, well, too bad. I got the SSS and the, the brown shirts now. We're going to come to your house and kill you. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, then I'm going to wrap it up and just fucking quit. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the best way to understand what is happening and what will happen in America, read the book by Ayn Rand called We the Living. It's not her autobiography, but she says it is the closest thing to an autobiography that she would ever write. And it's about the fall of Russia that used to be a free market country. And, and it was pretty damn cool, 
really. It was like America. You know, if you'd sit there and said, well, I've been all around the world and America's the best. So you'd sit there and go, well, no, Russia's you know, got free market and private property and stores and capitalism and all that. So then they slipped and fell into communism because of stupidity. If you don't like reading, then get the book on audio. It's a great book. It's a good, good listen. Watch the movie with, uh, what the fuck's his name? Andy Garcia, called Lost City. It's about Cuba and the fall of Cuba after Castro's fucking craziness. Lost City is all about a nightclub owner and how overnight, once the revolution is over, the brown shirts come into his casino or whatever it's called, cafe, bar, nightclub, that weird word for it, cantina or something, <clears throat> telling him what kind of music he can play, and that he has to fire his, his saxophone player because the saxophone uh, is provocative and makes people think bad thoughts. Based on, I, I would say, Cracker Jack science, but he has to quit right then or lose his license because now Castro's in charge. He just couldn't argue with them. He just sat there and go, the saxophone was invented by this guy. It's it's beautiful music. And they're just like, comply or die. So he has to comply. You will see the just the, the heinous nature of socialism and communism. And, and this is historical facts. You know, they might be written as a, a fictional book, but it's Ayn Rand's is exactly what happened when she left, you know, Russia. That's how it happened. Um, Lost City is, is pretty much factual what happened to many nightclub and, you know, um, cigar growers and everything. They just lost everything. So watch it and then go, wow, is that what I want? If you don't and you seek liberty, then prepare to fight tyrants. Otherwise, um, become a, a millennial snowflake and roll over and, and take it up the ass and be thankful that at least they use KY jail because that's what a pacifist does. And we're not pacifists in America. We're becoming pacifists, but we're not. If we don't, we don't fix this, it will lead to revolution because there's enough people that will still stand and fight. And then it will be chaos and bloodshed. And the outcome will not be a happy camper constitutional republic. It'll be chaos, anarchy, and another thousand years before your posterity a thousand years from now can ever actually even think about having this conversation. So there you have it. Talk to you all later. Love you all. You guys are great. Thanks for putting up with my shit. And, uh, Thanks for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, obviously, if you're hearing this, you know it's on uh, prepperguy.podbeam.com. Go to prepperguy.com website and watch some videos and have some fun. Uh, there's the new store, which only has about three or four products on it because I'm just playing around until I get some stuff working. You will see in the background, uh, it's right over there, my new printer that's going to be for sublimation to where I can start uh, making cool, fun products. And uh, so maybe I'll put some T-shirts on there that aren't overpriced because right now I just have it done on Amazon, which just like makes me a buck and still costs way too fucking much money.
So shoot over to prepperguy.com forward slash shop. It's a separate little part of the um, prepperguy.com. And uh, buy a product. Um, I need to do a, a couple posts in there about some of the products that I've put together that are pretty cool. I think um, let people know what they are. There's a lot of ebooks. Most of them are free. There's a, a one or two of them that cost a little a few bucks. Um, got a USB card that's just loaded down with tons of survival information, PDFs, uh, military manuals, first aid where there's no doctor, uh, five or six years of uh, Foxfire books um, that I've gotten all PDFs that are out of print, and I think they're legal. I'm still checking on that. Um, each section has videos in there that I've been able to find that are pretty cool on how to build a fire, how to build a shelter, how to hunt, how to acquire food in a survival situation. And it's just a, a little flash drive you can throw in your backpack and forget all about it until you need it. And as long as you got your phone, which most people will when they're out hiking, camping, or even the end of the world, if the grid goes down and your phone don't work, your phone will still at least let you read files and watch videos. You just won't be able to talk to your friends on Facebook. So anyway, uh, do that. Um, subscribe. Haven't done too many uh, videos lately. I'm going to put this one out on video. Uh, so go over to YouTube and, and check that out and uh, become a, a subscriber and follower over at YouTube and click the little bell icon or whatever the fuck that is. If you want notifications, uh, I think notifications on prepperguy.com are working. <clears throat> I'm not sure because I have five or six websites and, and under quite a few names, so I don't get notifications because my screen would just be blowing up all the time. But uh, it, it should be working. It's the, the program says it's working. So, <laughs> all right, well, I'm done rambling. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Enjoy the apocalypse.